things we like to do here on Beyond the Doubt is to take a moment to get to know the guests. And there's no one better to talk about Chris Davies than our guest today, Chris Davies. He's the executive editor of Slash Gear, car enthusiast, and to this date, the only guest on the podcast to live in a state that kidnapped its own ma- governor. Chris Davies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Adam. I'd like to point out that I was not involved in that kidnapping. And if my FBI agent is watching this, Allegedly. Allegedly, Allegedly not involved. Allegedly. But uh, how you doing? How you doing, Chris? It's good to have you back. You uh, were here uh, about a year ago uh, doing uh, talking about EVs. So um, I'm glad to have you here as a guest on Beyond a Doubt. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Um, I, I look back with fondness on that conversation. Uh, do you really? EVs. I do. No, because I feel like <laughs> we I feel like we managed to have a really quite in-depth conversation about EVs. And a lot of the time when people say, oh, you know, what about those electric vehicles? And it's like, yes. And you settle in to have a, a deep discussion. And what they really want to say is, oh, that Tesla, isn't it? You know, that Elon Musk. Yeah. And, then it, and you get like two minutes of conversation and they're on to the next thing. We, we talked for an hour and that was special. We did. We did, and I think, and 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 it's interesting because if we tried to replicate that conversation today, it would be a much different conversation because Hugely there's a different. lot more. Yeah, because there's a lot more players in the game. It's not just like, I mean, it is still kind of Tesla and everybody else, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more everybody else. Right. So, um, because what? Wait, did we? Was the Mach E out when we talked? Because I knew Ford was. I think it introducing was just it. out. Yes. Okay. Because I, I wanted knew- to say it was just out, but um, unfortunately, I don't I mean, remember what I was doing yesterday. Never mind a year ago. So right. Um, seriously, did we talk in 2020 or was it 2021? I'm thinking it might have been actually been 2020. Now that I think about it, that's <laughs> so, terrifying. Like, don't we look I older know. and wiser? Yeah. Well, older. Fifty percent for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely look older. There's no question there. But um, now I'm I'm really curious. I need to look this up because hmm. I am. Uh, no, it was 2021. Okay. February, okay. February yeah. 2021. February 2021. That's right. We probably talked in 2020, but I might not have gotten around to Do you know, I think you're it. right. I think it was actually so. close to the end of 2020, in which case, I think Maki was out, but yeah. not for long. Yeah. Mm. Um, but no, you're right. There is there is a huge number of extra, not just new electric cars, but actually really good electric cars. You know, there are some yeah. really... Impressive ones that have kind of just hitting the market now, or we're expecting in the next few weeks, and big, big, interesting times. So let's talk about some of those interesting times. Like, what's got your interest? These still are, are you still a car guy? I'm, I'm guessing I am still a car guy. Yes. So, um, like, yeah. What's what's uh, perking your ears these days? So I'm very excited to see the F150 Lightning. So this is Ford's first all-electric okay. version of the best-selling for four or five decades F-150, which I think is going to be a huge deal. Um, yeah. not I think actually think that the, the biggest deal about it is not going to be while it's driving, it's going to be while it's parked. I think mm. the the things that Ford have done with bidirectional charging, so you can plug the, um, the F-150 Lightning into your house and if you have the right kind of connection to your circuit panel, it will, mm-hmm. if in the event of a power outage, it will flip around and the truck will power the house instead. Really? That's and I think cool. That, yes, it, it is cool. I mean, so they're saying that with the average kind of consumption of the average home, you could last for maybe three days with on the power from the truck. And if you kind of what? ration it down, you know, and decide, okay, I'll, I'll unplug things that I don't need to use my curling tongs, for instance, or whatever, you know, it could last for up to 10 days or wait, longer wait, if you wait, have no, solar. No curling tongs, I'm out. I know. Okay, well, you can keep the curling tongs, but unplug the unnecessary things like the... Um, a ventilator, the TV. that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. TV. Yes, the, the ventilator. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. But yeah, and All I think right. that, that I think wow. considering the number of power outages we've seen over the past couple of years, you know, in states not really well set up to deal with them, the Hashtag idea of climate a, change myth. Yeah, absolutely. The idea of being able to you know use your truck as a huge Tesla Powerwall battery is, I think, a really big thing. And I think when yeah. people start to realize that, it's going to change the way they think maybe about vehicles. I kind of wonder if like there's there's like something there like maybe we should maybe we should be marketing electric vehicles as like backup batteries for your house. Like I I, I kind of yeah. wonder if like if this is if this should become a thing because it kind of sounds like it should be a thing. It really should because you know if you think about the amount of time that your car is just parked plugged in if it's yeah. electric or just parked in the garage or on the driveway 
90% of the time, pretty much, you know, for most people, it's, it's not being used. Um, right. And if it's an electric car, it's plugged in anyway because you're charging it up and you just leave it charged in because that's the joy of electric cars. So it's always yeah. ready when you need it. And then if there's a power outage, it flips over. And they're also talking about later down the line that w- when it launches, when it first hits the market, they'll be able to do this. Down the line, they're talking about using it as a sort of a temporary battery so that when your power rates are yeah. um, low, it will charge the car. Oh. When the power okay. rates are high, it will run off the power in the car so that you're not using expensive grid electricity. Or if the grid is overloaded, before it goes down and there's an outage generally, you can switch. It will be able to switch over to use the car's power so that you can kind of reduce the impact on the grid. Lots of kind of really interesting things that kind of come about when you're able to kind of flip between the two. Interesting. Yeah, so I read about – so I I interviewed a company. This is about a year ago or so. Um, I don't remember the name of the company. It was a startup in the northeast, and they were kind of like – kind of like Sense – in that, like, you know, sense that you monitor your electricity with it, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So they were, like, sense, but they also did, like, water heaters and, like, water consumption as well as, as um, um, you know, electricity. Mm-hmm. And one of their, one of their things was um, you could... You could essentially use your water heater as a sort of battery, and it's a very much an air quotes battery. But what they were talking about was they could you could use your water heater to like store this heat energy, so that like you would only heat up your water in your water heater like at times when like uh, energy was like really low, and so like you wouldn't be trying to charge up, you know heat up the water in your in your heater while it was like midsummer in the middle of a day, stuff like that. And like, right. and, and like a, a collective group like that, if you got like, you know, a hundred is not going to make a difference, but if you got like 10,000 people all in like a, in a similar area, mm-hmm. all doing that at the same time, it could like drastically reduce uh, dependency on like power on, on like right. the power grid and stuff like that. And I'm just like, Good luck, but you know it sounds great in theory. Yeah. but you know, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's where stuff like you know being able to plug use the electricity in your car, I think, makes a lot more yeah. sense because that's something that like you know I've looked yeah. at gas generators for the house here, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and then the, you know the idea of paying for something that gets used. If you know you don't, it's the weird thing where you buy it and then you don't want to use it because you don't want it to be an outage. Whereas right. you know if you've already paid for the batteries or you're leasing the batteries in your truck. Why not mm-hmm. use them for something else? Yeah, yeah. It's in, wow. That's that's a whole new thing. I mean, that's that's that that that's something that needs to be explored. And I'm glad that you're uh, that you're exploring it. So, um, any other? Uh, what about like uh, what was that? What was that baller electric truck that came out like end of last year? Was it the Rivian? Rivian. Rivian. Yes. Yeah. So, so since then, I have driven that truck. Um, okay. And it is really, really good. You know, they have, it's, um, it is really, really good. It's to the point where it's like, I was, you're such myself, a wordsmith, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. I should be a writer. Um, you should. Yeah. I was kicking myself for not having reserved one, honestly. I mean, it was, mm. it was that good. It, it is, um, I like the design, you know, I think it looks kind of interesting. It drives yeah. incredibly well. It's four electric motors, one for each wheel. I mean, it's, um, so it can do things like proper torque vectoring where you would just, different amounts of torque going to different wheels depending on how you're turning or whatever so it's yeah it drives yeah. not like a truck kind of much like more like a car um huh. and it just it was it, it had personality which was fun you know because often you know people think that electric vehicles are all very much you know they think it's an appliance and some people right. treat them like an appliance and that's fine you know because you want your your washing machine to just work you want your refrigerator to just work you want your car to just work but it, it kind of it it had that kind of feeling of okay this will just work and it will go anywhere but also you know there's, there's something to it there you know it doesn't feel like every other truck from chevy or ram or whoever right right but can it charge your house when your power goes down at That's the moment the no it doesn't have hmm. the, yeah the, the number of vehicles with bi-directional power is very low at the moment in fact basically it's going to be in the u.s at least it's going to be um the ford f-150 lightning when that okay finally is that, kind of arrives is that like a horizon thing like is that a thing that's yeah coming, i think it's or? just i think there's it's one of those things where there's a few moving parts that needs to be kind of aligned for that to work like you okay. need to have the vehicle needs to support it. The architecture in the vehicle needs to support the power kind of going out as well as in at, at sufficient wattages to power a house. Um, 
because there's quite a few electric vehicles where there will be like 110, 240 volt outlets, that kind of thing on it. So you can plug mm, in yeah. like worksite equipment or if you went camping, you could plug in stuff, you know, or a fridge or whatever, a TV yeah. or a compressor for your, your inflatable toys, that kind of thing. But the difference between that and being able Powering to power a, a house. whole house. Yeah. Right. Um, so you need that. And then you need a special kind of charger, which will work with the bi-directional stuff as well. And then it has to kind of be connected up to your home's electricity supply. So so that you know yeah. if one goes out the so there's lots of kind of little bits that kind of need to go there and and also the market i think at the moment for it is very small because most people don't know that it's a, even a possibility but right we're getting yeah there. interesting well that's fun that is really it fun is. so considering we're talking i'm going to transition here since considering we're talking on the day that we're talking samsung just had its unpacked event and i understand that you have a couple of samsung phones sitting in your lap right now so i do um, i do yeah so so uh i want to just uh, take a few minutes and uh, get your thoughts on that what did you think about uh did you watch the presentation because i know a lot of people like don't <laughs> um, yeah samsung fact, has a a great habit of setting its embargo times just to lift as soon as the presentation starts. And so mm-hmm. there is kind of slightly less of a reason to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I saw some of it, I must admit. I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I'm sorry, Samsung. I didn't go into the metaverse either, which I know that they were doing this this week. Michael yeah. Fisher did a wonderful t- um, Twitter thread about his his experience going through Samsung's metaverse and getting lost and then stuck to a tree, I think, which was... <laughs> Um, I didn't follow that entire thread, but I, yeah. I was actually kind of surprised to see him in the metaverse to begin with. So, cause he's not, it, he's not been a big VR guy in the past. So no, I think, you know, like, like all of us, he's realizing that our, our true future is digital and, um, yeah. you know, and soon, you know, if, if you don't get in on that, that three dimensional representation of yourself, someone else will mint it as an NFT and then sell it. And then every so time sad. you look in the mirror, you'll owe someone some Bitcoin. So mm, that'd be rough. That would be a rough yes. gig. And I also should but, um, mention that as we speak, I am trying to navigate Samsung's horribly broken down website, trying mm-hmm. to pre-order a Galaxy Note Ultra, and it's not going well. <laughs> it's, I mean, if you'd like to tell us all your credit card number, we will all try for you. Oh, while we're doing great. It. There may be kind of a group effort would, would That would work. be so, wonderful. Yeah, yeah okay. Yes. So it's, no, it's not. I'm not. No, you know what? I think I'll, I, I think this is the type of journey I need to take by myself because it's, it's, it's about growth, really, is what it, it is. It is. No, yeah. as, as Tolkien once said, buy that phone on your own, Frodo. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, and absolutely. you know, he knew it. So <laughs> he did. He did. He also knew some terrible things, but um, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, we do. Well, you yeah. don't need to agree with everything he did. No, that's fair. So, yes. um, so yeah, let's uh, let's uh, transition back to the phones. How you how you like it? I mean, I know you literally just opened them, but what do you? Yes. How how are your feels about these phones? What do you what do you got going there? To begin with, my feels are pretty good. I mean, it, the, yeah. the the the, the twenty two Ultra feels definitely like a note. Like mm-hmm. it, it could easily have, they could have easily just said, this is the new Note 22 Ultra. And everyone would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I think the difference in design between S22, S22 Plus and S22 Ultra is really quite considerable this time around. Whereas last year yeah. it was small, medium, large. This time it's like small and medium. And then large is something, it's kind of like the kitchen sink kind of phone where they've thrown everything at it, which I yeah. feel like might actually help them in the end. Because I feel like it really positions the S22 Plus as being the one that most people should go for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then if you really want everything that Samsung can do and you want the pen and you want it to be the biggest and you you want the kind of slightly different design, then S22 Ultra is the way to go and you have everything with every all the good and bad that comes with that. Yeah, I mean, I think there was some of that separation last year between the S20, uh, S21, God, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, the S21 Plus and the S21 Ultra, because like, I just feel like, um, and I, I don't remember which review it was, probably Michael Fisher's, who said, uh, you know, the biggest differentiator between the S22 Plus and the S22 Ultra S21 Plus and the S21 Ultra, sorry, last year, was in the camera setup. Like, if you wanted, sure. if you wanted like, super zoom, then, mm-hmm. you know, go ultra. But that wasn't really, that didn't, that didn't seem to, you know, I guess it wasn't a very good narrative. Now, if you want to, if you want to get the note stuff, then mm-hmm. you got to go with the ultra, which is definitely a bigger separation, and fortunately not a bigger separation price wise. It's still just the extra two hundred, right? Um, 
two hundred two Benjamins there. So that's uh, that that's good. But um, I'm also kind of wondering, like, you know, because I've got I've got the same take as pretty much everybody else. The S22 Ultra is the note, you know, mm-hmm. and I've, I've got a an article coming out probably later today that says something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't want to give away the H2 because it's fun. Um, but uh, basically it's just saying, you know, you should have just called it the note and called it a mm-hmm. day. Um, but I mean, you know, the thing about the note is like the word note has brand equity with Samsung fans. Like people know what a note is like. What's an ultra? Who knows? You know, but, you know, I think people really know what the note is. And I think that Samsung would have been able to mine a little bit more loyalty, equity, good feelings had they just called it the note and and just said, yeah, this is the note. This is what, this is the spirit, you know, this is the successor to the now defunct note line. I think, yeah, I definitely see that argument. I also kind of feel like the positioning of having two flagship, like, like you know, even five years ago, there was quite a distinguishing, there was a, a gulf kind of between what the top spec S phone was and mm-hmm. what the top, and what the note was, you know, and the note was kind of like, yeah. Okay, if I if I want everything in there and I don't so much mind about it being the most expensive and the biggest and kind of clunkiest of phones, I got I get all of my features, I get the fastest processor, I get the most RAM, I get the best cameras, it's all in. And the S was kind of like, okay, I'm a consumer, maybe I don't really care about all, you know, the very cutting edge, I just want a very rounded package. Yeah. And in recent years, the two have kind of come to just overlap so much that I yeah. think one had to go. And mm-hmm. I feel like, with Samsung's basically saying now that we see Note as being a, a bundle of experiences rather than a product that specifically encaptures those experiences, I think that gives them a lot more flexibility for saying, well, okay, your your S22 Ultra can be a Note and your Tab S8 Ultra can be a Note and your Z Fold 4 later this year, presumably, can be a Note as well. And all of these things will kind of work together and that notiness will generally be a, an experience that you have rather than a device that you purchase. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, to me, you're taking like the, that that means you're taking the word note and you're turning it into like a marketing speak kind of situation as opposed to like an actual product that people, you know, actively love. And I, sure. I, I know... Um, Andy Boxall over at Digital Trends, um, my colleague over there wrote today, he had an interview with uh, a VP of product from Samsung, and they were saying, like, there's a hu- like a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of notes being sold in the UK. And we're talking about, like, mm-hmm. in the UK, this is not, you know, a, by comparison to the US market, a fairly small market, and they've got hundreds sure. of thousands of notes over there. And, you know, I agree that the S22 Ultra or the S22 Note, one of them had to go. And there was an Android Police article uh, earlier today that uh, that pointed out that by selling an Ultra and a Note, you were basically selling two phones that were competing against each other. So if yeah. you cut one of those out, now you get all the sales for everybody, mm-hmm. and nobody and nobody feels left out, basically, sure. which is you know which is an important an important distinction. So, but I just think if they had just gone that extra step and called it the Note. They would have just. They, I think it, it, overall, you would have had much better feelings about it from the fan base than like the people that buy the Ultra. You know, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> but like the people that yeah, buy the Note, they're gonna be like, fair. oh, f yeah, that's the Note, baby. Sure, I got, I got a Note right here, and I don't have a Note because. I'm still trying to order one. No, <laughs> they, um, they just they just don't want my money today. You don't get anything. <laughs> That's because you keep calling it the wrong name. As soon as you admit that it is the S twenty two Ultra, then you will be allowed to give them several thousand dollars of your money. Or, yeah. I'm going to try to buy the S twenty two Ultra. Nope, didn't work. No, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think that you know the onus is on Samsung to kind of deliver now. You know, if it wants to make notes be a a kind of a brand and a package of experiences that can't just be like a software thing. It has to also be a little things like, I think that the way the S22 Ultra does the S Pen is much better than the way the S21 Ultra did the S Pen. You know, there is oh, a yeah. place oh, for it to go God. in the phone. So, <laughs> oh my God, you know, yes. <laughs> stuff like that. I think if, if Notes as a brand comes to represent, these are the considerations that we've made. There is a place for the pen. 
There is a hardware package that goes along with the software there. This is the extra stuff rather than just being like a, oh, no, it means, you know, you can take digital handwriting. You know, I think that then that that stands a better chance of being something that the fans of Note will see as, okay, well, they are expanding our notiness and it is going to be around for a longer time because it is being integrated into more product ranges rather than just this kind of one slightly remote kind of product line that made less sense, like you say, because the S series was coming in and just kind of picking up all of the things that the Note was doing beforehand. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because, like, I think the the hot take last year was the S21 Ultra is, for all intents and purposes, the Note, <laughs> whereas this year the, the 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 same hot take is, for all intents and purposes, the S22 Ultra is the Note. You know, it's, it's, it's basically yeah. the same thing. Um, it is. The Note maybe that they should have built last year. Yeah, I was thinking there was a juxtaposition there, but there is not. It's actually just literally the same thing. So never mind. Well, the internet <laughs> likes to repeat itself. The internet, yes, the internet does like yeah. to repeat itself. So let's, uh, yeah. So I mean, we can. Any any hardcore feelings about the tablets that came out? The uh, the eleven hundred dollar Android tablet that Samsung's pimping. Uh, any any feels? There? I mean, with I the would, notch, complete with, with no- the I w- notch. I would like to play with it and kind of just see how ridiculous it is. Um, mm-hmm. My, I, I've tried Android tablets, I've tried iPads, and I have enjoyed them while I've tried them. But the the kind of the experience never sticks for me. Hmm. I always, if I'm, if I'm, if I want something portable, you know, I do. I can you can do a lot on your phone, and you know, I normally carry around a phone with a pretty big screen, so that's that kind yeah. of satisfies that side of things. And then if I want okay. to get something done, I go to a laptop, you know, and it's, I don't really have that experience of wanting. At something that I can remove the keyboard with in between. So that's an across-the-board experience, whether you're using an iPad or an Android tablet, just kind of like, yes. you know. Yeah. Oh. I, I just, I, I, I find that I can't quite do everything that I want to be able to do in the same streamlined way on either Android or iPad, uh, iPad OS. And hmm. so I end up, if I want to kind of, you know, do 100% of the things that I want to do, I just have to go to my, you know, to my laptop, in to which case, laptop. why don't I yeah. just get the laptop out to begin with? True. True. Okay. That's that's interesting because I mean, like I've I've used a ton of tablets. You know, um, Lenovo tablets, and um, one of my favorite tablets is not down here right now, but it's uh, Lenovo's uh, 13-inch tablet that actually doubles as a second monitor. So I I kind of yeah. dig that. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it solves the problem of like, what are you supposed to do with a tablet when you're not using it? Like, because right. most tablets, you know, get used. 10% as much as a phone does. And then the sure. rest of the time, they're basically collecting dust on a shelf. Yeah. So um, that's, 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 uh, that's interesting. One thing I liked about what Samsung was doing with the tablets, and we'll just spend like 30 seconds on this because you don't give a crap about tablets. Uh, but, but one of the things that I liked about what Samsung was doing with this crop of tablets was kind of building an ecosystem between mm-hmm. the phones and the tablets, you know, and like, the material design-ish, you know, take your design from one device over into another device, you know, super easy. That's fine. But, like, I'm talking about more like, you know, using your uh, Galaxy S22 as, like, a toolbox while you're drawing on the tablet. That's yes. some cool stuff. Like, it's not something for me because I don't draw. And when I try to draw, you know, usually small children get hurt. But um, but for people that are actually artistic and, like, kind of the target customers for something mm-hmm. like a like a, a Tab S8 Ultra, you know, that could be actually a very valuable tool. So I'm, I'm kind of geeked about that. Yeah, I think that. I think this, yeah, much the same. I think it, I think it's, it kind of funnily enough, seeing as we talked about the car side of things, you know, using kind of getting the most out of what you've paid for, mm-hmm. you know, I think, yeah, you're right. There are times when much like, you know, with Apple's latest kind of Mac OS and being able to use an iPad as, as a wireless second screen with Mac yeah. OS, you know, just as a, you know, it's a good reason to suddenly say, okay, well, yeah, there is a point in having a tablet here because I can do something else with it, even if I'm not using it specifically for its own purpose. Yeah. Mm. Side note, by the way, I tried that. Didn't work so well. Uh, but really? Anyway. Okay. Because yeah. I tried it with, I, I had an iPad mini, one of the new ones, and I tried it and it, it, it worked pretty well, actually. Yep. Um, it worked go. okay. Um, like I, I found connectivity to be quite spotty that could just be crappy networking in the house i don't know yeah um but you know, like it would it would drop off fairly frequently like to the point where i just kind of stopped doing it 
<laughs> and I think that that is always the big problem with these kind of things that, you know, people try it and, you know, even kind of geeky people like us, I'm sure you won't be offended if I call you that and I can call <gasps> you worse if you like. Um, uh, Surprise you but I think, already. you know, no, I didn't. <laughs> Give it time, you know, the, the, the day is young. Um, yes, it's true. I think that, you know, even we kind of like try something, give it a go. If it doesn't work, we might give it another go. And then we're like, whatever, there's plenty of other things to do. And I think that right. the general public, whoever they are, you know, are even less patient than we are with these things. Oh, yeah. And if it doesn't work the first time, then it's like goodbye. So, I'll, yeah, I think that that's the, always the challenge with stuff like this, that if you get it wrong as a manufacturer you kind of get one chance to get it right per generation almost. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say that's about one and a half give it a, one and a half goes more than the general public is going to give us a feature Absolutely. like that. Yes. So yeah. I'll try it. No, that didn't work. Let's try it again. No. No. no, no. I I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> like it's it's like my wife with uh uh contactless payments. Like she, she right. cannot get that effing thing to work and like i've even tried like you know here let me try it no no that's mm -hmm. not working what the hell and so like yeah it's um it's uh it's maddening it's kind of it like is. like i remember with samsung pay with the mst stuff that worked mm. for me maybe 60 percent of the time like and the only time yeah. i would try it was if there was nobody in line behind me <laughs> because right. you know i don't want to be that guy no. um but anyway so let's move on to you now first of all i want to ask you and i i should, probably should have asked you this 27 minutes ago but did i get your title right are you the executive editor at, at, at slash gear i am yes okay it's, um we yeah we're at interesting times so that the site actually um we were acquired last okay. uh, late last year um so we are now part of static media um nice. and actually funnily enough to you know today we um if all goes to plan, that, that we should be kind of relaunching with a new design and um, oh, cool. you know, later on. So please do, you know, if you are listening to this, check us out. Though, depending on when Adam finally gets around to editing it, this could be six months later. Who knows? No, um, no, no, no. This is this is February 15th. That's solid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. We, solid-ish. Yeah, uh, yes, solid-ish. <laughs> that's, that's all the solids we need. Um, right. So yeah, no, I but I'm still executive editor, and we are um, just kind of kind of still doing what we're doing, but um, on a slightly bigger scale, which is exciting. That is exciting. That is exciting. And what's exciting is you, uh, your company tried to re recruit me as a freelancer, like right as I was starting up the digital trends gig. That's right. <laughs> I'm just like, and I'm like, you know, hey, it only took you like four years, but I know, uh, you I know. know, we were building up to it. You know, you're you're an intimidating man. I am. I am. I and know. an unconvincing I, woman. Yeah. And then that's, I mean, have you seen the hair? I mean, that's pretty. Just, that's, that's that was that's true. Yes, but I was thinking more squirrel nutkins from that. So yeah. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, with the with the face beard that tends to uh, yes. that tends to dis, dis, dissolve that particular illusion. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's exciting that you're getting that you got that you got acquired. And mm -hmm. uh, what can we expect from Slash Gear these days that we haven't seen before? Or is there, any, is there anything you're allowed to talk about, I guess? <laughs> Some things I'm not allowed to talk about. I think we are just going to be doing more, you know, which okay. I think, you know, we will have more voices. I am kind of trying really hard to bring in even more diversity. We had a pretty mm -hmm. pretty diverse team, to you know, even um, before the acquisition. I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, you know, the, and I say this as one white man to another, you know, there are a lot of us in the tech world and, and in the automotive world. Yeah, there are a lot of we, white penises in this industry. Yes, there really, really are, and some of them, you know, will be taken away if you ask politely. But some of them, you just can't help but see. And yeah, and so it's you know, I'm, I'm trying to do what I can to you know, try and encourage people voices that we maybe wouldn't normally hear, you know, and mm -hmm. um, viewpoints that we maybe wouldn't normally hear. And a lot of the time, those are the same exact opinions as the as the opinions from the same old white men that we see. But sometimes, yeah. You know, I think it, yeah, there's a lot of kind of really interesting approaches and attitudes to tech and cars out there, and you know, I think that we are shortchanging ourselves and missing out if we oh, don't yeah, get absolutely. a chance to hear them. You know, it's we are the people who miss out if we don't um, if we don't understand what you know the full audience of people using technology and interacting with cars and different vehicles is is actually experiencing. You know, it's um, yeah. we get this kind of tiny little viewpoint of people who all kind of feel the same way. 
Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And um, you know, we recently put out a call for freelancers on digital trends for the for the mobile section and RIP my DMs. But um, we I we we got a lot of applicants from like a lot of uh, you know diverse uh, diverse cultures and backgrounds, and that was really great to see. And so uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that we brought on uh, you know quite a few new folks. So we're interested in uh, getting them. Uh, Hitting the ground running and and all that, so uh, it, it was very it was very great to see though um, that yes. there were not so many white dudes a- asking about jobs, but you know um, you know more than a few women, more than a few uh, people of color. It was it was wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think yeah, we it's just sometimes it's just about us kind of remembering that you know that what we see as normal isn't isn't normal isn't exactly. representative you know, and that we just exactly. have to kind of constantly be reminding ourselves. Well, you know. We could do more. We could always do more, I think. Okay. So, um, all right, great. So let's talk about you a little bit because, you know, as we said in the intro, you know, nobody's better talking about Chris Davies than Chris Davies. So how did you get uh, – you've been in Slash Gear for quite some time now. Is Was Slash Gear your first gig uh, in it the writing? It was. Okay. It was. It was, um, it was about 15 or 16 years ago, so I'm okay. really feeling old now. Um, Sorry. And that's fine. No, it's okay. I did the um, same thing when you were here last time, so I figured... I think had, you we, did, yeah. We no, had to we relive those wonderful memories. Uh, Desperate to make me feel ancient. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I stumbled into this whole industry kind of by accident. Um, I was... Uh, I did a... My I, my background has nothing to do with, like, journalism or writing. I did a psychology degree. I did a psychotherapy same. master's. I was working and my first job was in residential care with young sex offenders. And I did kind of various jobs in drug and, al- drug and alcohol services mm. and um, in uh, young people's sexual health, that kind of thing. And so I was doing that while I just got chatting with Vincent, who set up Flashgear, maybe about like less than a year before I got talking to him. And we just got talking about tech and they were looking for people to write. And I always loved tech. Um, and so... I kind of just started just doing it in my spare time. This was when I was still based in the in the UK. So okay. my evenings and weekends were kind of great times for the US audience. Um, and it just kind of went from there. And I did it kind of part-time for a year, 18 months. And then they said, do you want to do this full-time? And that was it, basically. Hmm. Um, yes, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then we started covering cars as well as tech, just because, you know, um, the cars got geekier. And the, the audience kind of was looking for that information too. And the car companies were looking for a tech audience kind of beyond their normal automotive kind of um, eyes. And so, yeah, it just kind of, it has grown from there. And it's, it's you know, I pinch myself that, you know, I'm very lucky because I get to write about two industries that I'm super excited about that kind of yeah. really are um, true interests of mine. Um, and, you know, how, how great is, you know, they do say the best way to, to treat a hobby is to make a job out of it and add lots and lots of stress on top. So, you know, I'm exactly. doing that. I have found that to be a very successful uh, formula myself. So it, it's what's, and what, what's really cool for you is that, you know, you have, you know, Slash Gear is a, a site that, you know, has a heavy, impl- has, has a heavy emphasis on cars, but also on, you know, phones and computer and tech in general. So uh, it seems, so I wanted to ask you, like, is Slash Gear because of that, because of Chris Davies, or did Chris Davies just happen to get lucky by, by, uh, by coming to work for a site that did both? Um, I think a little bit of both. So, okay. I mean, Vincent and I always loved cars. Vincent is now um, stepped away from the site, um, uh, since the acquisition and kind of is doing some, some new stuff and spending some family time, which is great. Um, and, but we always loved, you know, we loved cars. We were car people as well, but just, you know, that was just kind of like a hot, you know, a side interest. And, you know, we, we started out the site talking about, you know, tech and we, we that was the thing, that was the focus of it. And then mm-hmm. I can't really remember, I think it was a combination almost of being approached by automakers and kind of then going and talking to more automakers and the car companies are a lot like the tech companies if you're talking to one then the rest want to kind of be involved Mm, and so once that happened and they kind of realized that we were going to bring a slightly different angle to it really you know yeah we weren't going to necessarily be there saying well okay you know how does this engine work and what is the cylinder size you know and talk to us about fuel economy you know and this kind of thing and 0 to 60 times and that's important stuff still you know people care about sure. when they're buying a car but at the same time they're also wanting to know is the experience when of the dashboard infotainment system going to be 
significantly worse than my phone is or my tablet. And, you know, at the time, a lot of the traditional kind of auto media that were on these same events, you know, that they would be asking about Nota 60 times and I'd be saying, well, okay, so what, what ampage are the USB ports and are they USB type A, and, you know, and how many are there in the front and the back, you know, can they, can they charge up a tablet as well as a phone? You know, mm-hmm. the, the questions that like the traditional automotive press didn't really care about because- Yeah, nobody was asking they, those questions. No, no one asked <laughs> those questions. And, but this was stuff that, you know, people were interested in because, you know, they had their kids in the back of the car and they wanted to charge their iPad up or they wanted to know, yeah, you know, is the experience of finding navigation routes in this car going to be 60 times worse than Google Maps? Um, or they bought a so, Tesla yeah. and they just didn't have USB ports in the backseat. Exactly, who needs you? <laughs> USB ports, really. That's yeah, they're, they're overrated. The children should be paying attention to what the parents are saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, you were in the UK. At what point? Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, you moved to San- West Coast first? Yes. So, we okay. were in San Francisco up until the start of 2020. Yeah, okay. we just at the beginning, just before all the pandemic craziness happened. Um, Good timing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, moved to the US about eight years ago maybe something okay. like that um i lose track um and uh and then my in-laws now live well my in-laws live in the midwest and so we moved out to kind of um to get away from forest fires and earthquakes and also to be closer to them and just for a change you know because it's fun to be able to move around and working online all the time kind of gives you that kind of flexibility and freedom which is awesome um yeah yeah, and it's and been a pretty good place to kind of ride out the pandemic. Yeah. I was going to say, and judging from the uh, from the photos that you know from your various reviews, it looks like you're kind of out in the middle of the woods, which is a pretty good place to be when there's a global pandemic going on. Yeah, it's actually it's not quite as remote as the as the photos make it look, but we do have a lot of trees around. Yes, I um I I have neighbors, but there are trees in between us, which is nice. Okay. It's, um, yeah, close enough that if I need to borrow a cup of sugar, I can, but I, you know, I can't see them using it. Yeah. Have you ever borrowed a cup of sugar from a neighbor? I'm just curious. I haven't. No. Um, okay. No, I, it's maybe some splendor, you know. Just, and I, you know, I think the big question is if you borrow a cup of sugar from your neighbor, are you then required to give it back at some point? You are, yes. And you have to just yeah. leave it in the, um, in the mailbox. In the mailbox? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so All that right. when they come back, they find it just full of ants. Right, right. Or yeah, maybe exactly. a raccoon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, you know. We did actually have a, a neighbor who uh, asked me to pick her up something during the the kind of the height of the do not go anywhere pandemic, with the time when we were still wiping down all of our groceries, just, right? You know, in case. And she very kindly then left some um, homemade uh, cookies in the the mailbox for us, which was, you know, I think if you're going to go out and check the mail amongst all the bills, finding cookies in there is a pretty yeah. good thing. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I wish more companies would send me cookies. I am always open. If any PR people are, are, are listening to this now, I am always open for, for cake, cookies, wine, anything really. Yeah. Follow me here. Mm. Insurance bills printed on cookies. <sighs> so you I, get the I would bill. be more likely to read the, the junk mail if it was like on if it was also junk food. Yeah. You get the bill, you pay the bill, you eat the bill. Deforestation problem solved right there, yes, baby. That's absolutely. What I'm saying. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> spend another 20 minutes on the Peloton every day, but sure. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, right. But first, you'd have to get a Peloton. Yes. But okay. Do you have a Peloton? I do have a Peloton. Yeah. Do you? Because I do. I got it actually close to the beginning of the pandemic because okay. I realized that I used to do a lot, you know. Pre pandemic, I did a lot of travel for automotive events and tech events too, but mainly automotive. And then obviously mm. everything shut down. And I realized that the only exercise I got that was regular was power walking through airports. So when that stopped, <laughs> I had to do something else. And so I got one of the bikes. And okay. I guess my review would be I didn't actually review it for the size or anything, I just bought it. Um, you should have. Could have written it off. Yeah, I should have. I, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah um, it, I would, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I hate the damn thing, but I would buy it again. I, okay. You know, I've never been. I've never been an exercise person, and I struggle. Kind of, you know, I'm, I'm the person that joins the gym, pays for the twelve months, doesn't go, and then cancels at the end of the twelve months, and they're like, "Who are you again?" Um, <laughs> so, but I have been con- pretty consistently st- uh, going on the bike. Partly, I think, because no one can see me do it, so I can just be there in my little sweaty shame bubble, kind of, and then <laughs> um, just cycling away, screaming, howling at the screen when they. When they're saying things like, come on, you're doing so well. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's wonderful. You, you, you really, you know, you're, you're, 
you're the pride of your family. And it's like, shut up. I hate this. I just want one one of the instructors to be like, this is shit. We all you know, know it is. But if you don't do it, you're going to die. So come on, cycle, you slug. And then I would respond better to that. Yeah. I, I I know you're not a regular podcaster, but honestly, you really should be because when you when you drop the shame bubble comment, <laughs> I died on air. Nobody saw it, um, but I died on air, and you just kept powering through. You're like, this guy has no capacity to speak right now. I just have to keep going, and you did it, man. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo! Well done, sir. We all have to have superpowers, yes. So, like, so for people listening to this later, Chris Davies just put on a clinic for how to keep going when your co-host is clearly incapacitated for some reason. So, well done, sir. Very, very well done. Oh my god! In fact, I'll be honest. I did not hear a thing you said after Shame Bubble. (laughs) So I'm going to have to listen to it in post, and it'll be uh, it'll be great. Uh, (laughs) I love a surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that's so good. That's so good. Okay, so (laughs) we've got um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Really. Um, So so you moved to the Midwest to get closer to the to, to family. That that's that's awesome. Yes, that the so closer to I, I now live about 10 15 minutes away from my in-laws, which is lovely. And the idea was that my, my parents still live back in the UK and so that in theory it was going to be easier for me to get back over to the UK. Um and obviously right. then uh, that didn't happen because of um everything shutting down, but in theory and Brexit. Will be, yes, yeah. Um so yeah, in in theory that will be how it goes. But yeah, it's it's been nice to kind of live in a different part of America. You know, I think the yeah. the coasts kind of get all of the attention, but there's a big chunk in the middle. It turns out, right? Thank I know. you. It's, yeah, thank you. Kind of explains why it takes so long to fly from one coast to the other. I just thought they were doing donuts <laughs> in the air, but it, you know, it's um, yeah, just they have time to serve us coffee. Yeah, there's a reason they call it flyover states, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, now the downside is whenever you go visit your your parents, you have to go to Detroit. So sorry about that. Um, Do you know Detroit um, has its charms? Yeah, it does. Not many of them, but it does have. No, them. I, well, I mean, the primary charm is that it's not Indiana. But um, yeah, <laughs> that is a very big charm. <laughs> but but uh, you know, and 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 you know, one of the other benefits of Detroit is if you ever decide you want to get into real estate, you can pick up a lot in Detroit for a little. You really so, can, yes. Yeah. It's, whenever I, you go through and you see like uh, this this block fifty cents, and you think, hmm, what could I do with a block? And then I realized that I would just, I, yeah, I would not know what to do with a block in Detroit. Right. So it's right. probably for the best that I don't, yeah, become a a high powered developer. To be fair, I wouldn't know what to do with a block anywhere else either. But okay. especially yeah. in Detroit. And then you'd have to be a Red Wings fan. I don't really understand any sports whatsoever. Um, hmm. I'm assuming you're talking about sports rather than birds. Yes, yes I should have correct. actually clarified that. Okay, just that is correct. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I probably know more about birds than I do about sports. And, and honestly, the only thing I know about birds is that they are in the sky a lot of the time. So A lot of the time, yeah. Not always, most, yeah. but a lot no, of the time. No, no. Because That's if they're actually, all in the sky, then... A surprising amount of time is actually spent on the ground, I, I have found. Really? With some, with some birds. So, you know, okay. Okay. They're flitting about. They're looking for their worms. You know, they do their sure. things. Not when I let my dogs out. They're 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 they're. Trust me, they're in the sky then. But, right, sky okay. dogs. Sky dogs. Yeah, no, sky birds. The birds are oh, in the okay. sky, oh, I see. not the dogs. Yes. Okay, the that, birds are in the makes, sky, not that makes the dogs. A lot more sense. The yeah. dogs only go into the sky when they get mud on my carpet. Anyway, right. uh, so, all right. So uh, we're coming up on, we're actually coming up on an hour. This has been a wonderful breeze of a conversation. I, I, I loved every second of it. But now we got to get down to business here, Chris. Business. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Game so I've got, I've got a series of questions. These are sort of like lightning round questions that I want to ask you. And, uh, you know, just whatever comes off the top of your head is fine. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, first of all, I want you to start off by looking at the camera, which you're already doing wonderfully and have been for an hour. I want you to look at the camera and say your name and your title and your site, please. Uh, it's uh, Chris Davies. Uh, my title is executive editor of SlashGear.com. Excellent. Excellent. Um, okay. So, question number one. Are you a roamer or do you have one set location to work? 
I now have one set location because I have a desk and I'm using a big external display and plugging in my laptop. Previously, I would I was a Roma, but I decided okay. that um, mainly lower back issues were kind of meaning that you know I I, I needed to stop slumping, so I got a, a decent chair and I made made myself sit at the desk. And I decided I like that. Those creep up on you, especially they when do. you're on the wrong side of 40. So, yes. um, all right. So what is the last song or artist that you listened to while you were working? So I can't actually listen to music while I'm working. Really? I find it is, it's too distracting. Um, well, you know, the air drums. The air drums yes. get in the way yeah. of typing. It, yeah. yeah, I know. And just me playing synth. It's um, uh, Roger Moog in the corner, plugging things in and out. Um yeah, um, no. I so I I tend to ju- I just sit in in silence, honestly. Which is now that I say it out loud, makes me sound very strange. But um, just yeah, the sound of my own heavy, tortured breathing and typing, obviously. Mm, mm. I'll be honest with you. Like one of the main things that I was looking forward to when my when my my wife, who's a teacher, I always have to say my wife, who's a teacher, before I say before my wife went back to school, because otherwise people just assume that she's furthering her education, which is also laudable. But no, my mm. wife's a teacher. When my wife and kids both went back to school, one of the things I was looking forward to was being able to crank music while I was while I was working. So I'm very happy. Like, you could do it in the headphones, that's fine, but you're damaging your hearing, and it just doesn't Not have that same, same joie de vivre, you know? No. So, yeah. Okay. We'll do love of a good vive. Okay. So, uh, all right. So what is one word that a PR person can put into an email subject that gets an insta-delete? NFT. Okay. And it could be multiple <laughs> words, by the way. So, and Yeah. No, anything to do with NFTs at the moment, I find that I'm just, I have no time or patience for them. Um, if it's not a PR, generally, the first thing that will get deleted is, can I have a guest post on your site? And it's like, no, oh, no, you yeah, cannot. Okay. Um, but I feel like that's more spam than anything else. But yeah, at the moment, NFTs, I just feel like we there hasn't really been a good explanation of why we should care. And there mm. have been lots of environmental reasons why we shouldn't care so really yeah that would be an instant delete yeah that uh i'm a little curious about that we might have to have an off-air conversation about that because i have not heard anything about that mostly because i instant delete any emails that come in talking about nfts so um what's one thing that you wish all pr people knew about you or your content i wish that they knew that we are always going to need big good pictures and that they should they that they do not need to wait for me to ask for those pictures that they can just send me a link to them (laughs) and if i don't need them i will not click that link but if i do need them i don't want to have to do the kind of oh by the way do you have any images for this and then you know three hours later it's like i had this one image and it's it's either like tiny weeny or you know it is it's all wrong um yeah, the more, you know, the online is still an exceptionally visual place. And if you don't have good pictures, then people aren't going to look, you know, and if and if you don't have good pictures, but we may not write about, so there's a very little chance that we're going to write about a new product if we don't have pictures of it. So that's fair. Yes. And also lifestyle photos, not like renders. So yes. I would have to say something like, that is like puts it into some sort of context that kind yeah. of shows it kind of as more than just like a, a vague floating slab in a field of gray. The metaverse, for instance. Right, Michael right. Fisher the floating through the metaverse. Yeah. Michael Fisher floating in the metaverse. Okay, That's, so it's actually we, the name of my first volume of poetry. Yeah, and and I think we we need everybody to send us large pictures of Michael Fisher floating in the metaverse. That's, and I can say that I will probably be more likely to write about your product if it includes large pictures of Michael Fisher floating through the metaverse. That's just, I mean, that's the way of it. Yeah. That doesn't that go without saying? Yeah. All right, I'll probably invite you to my house if you do that. Yeah, that's good enough. <clears throat> All right, so how long does it take you to write a proper review? And I'm talking about from the time you open the box to the time you push the publish button, or in my case, the save draft button that I send over to my editor. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, it obviously depends on the product. I like okay. to be able to, you know, obviously, and obviously we like to give these things as much time as we possibly can because, mm-hmm. you know, more insight is better. Some t- um. A lot of the time, and you know this as well as I do, it's kind of the amount of time that we have with it really to do that process is defined by the embargo that gets set by a PR company. Um, yeah. And they, Had a they couple say, of those. okay, 
<laughs> you know, we would like, you know, the embargo for this is in four days time. And and you have to decide, are you going to do a review and go for all of the juicy, wonderful keywords that come with that? Um, mm. Or are you going to take a slightly more principled stand maybe and say, well, I'm not going to do a review. I'll do something else for that deadline and then yeah. save my review until I've had full time. I mean, I like to have at least a good week with something. And if it's okay. something kind of more important than that, you know, I I would like to have the more time, the better. You know, I, okay. I'm quite lucky that, you know, I don't have someone typically breathing down my neck saying, where is this review? You know, it's... Um, You're so typically the breather. I am the I am the heavy breather that, <laughs> that goes around just kind of huffing on people's necks. Mm. Um, but, you know, if, if something... HR needs, would like to have a word with you, by the way. <laughs> damn it. Um, if, you know, if something needs a month, if something needs a couple of months and there is a good argument for that, then, you know, I think that that is... You know, at the end of the day, we are trying to recommend what people should buy and they are spending, in some cases, thousands or, you know, in the case of a car, tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, maybe this is a huge responsibility that we have. And whilst it's, you know, on the one hand, there's this idea of, well, okay, we need it to be timely so that we get people hitting the site and reading and like seeing adverts and us making money so we can afford to pay mortgage and bills and things you know at the same time there is a responsibility not to kind of mislead people and if you yeah. if you feel like you can give an opinion after a day how valuable is that opinion to someone who may be using that phone for instance for the next three years i mean i'll be honest 80 percent of my review is usually written in the first day um i mean like not physically written but like written in my head you know yeah. like my opinion I think at the same time yeah, it, we we kind of you know we kind of get like a mental shortcut. You know, there's a lot of things that after you do this for a while, you you, yeah. you start to recognize some of the the common themes, and you do have like a you know I think that if I sat down and if I wrote the review on day one and then I wrote a review again on day whatever, I think there would be a lot of overlap there because sure. I think you know we are pretty good at predicting what will be mm-hmm. the flaws and what will be the great things. But yeah, yeah sorry, I interrupted you there. No, no, no. I don't think you did, actually. Uh, I think I was just agreeing. I'll try better even. next time. Though. I was, I was okay. smiling and nodding. Um, but okay. no, I, I, actually, one question. I thought that, that was wind, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> one question that I didn't, um, that I that I isn't normally part of this, but I'm kind of curious about it, and I probably won't publish this anywhere else, but because, you know, this the whole thing is this is probably going to be like a follow-up video compilation type thing. But um, okay. would, would you rather, as an executive editor, would you rather publish a short-term review on an embargo deadline or would you rather hold on to the review for a few more days to get a more complete picture i would probably hold on to the review itself for a few more days and i would probably have something like a a sort of an in-depth first impressions kind of post like a hands-on sort of like yeah or like a kind of if there's something usually there's at least one thing which is kind of which either people are really interested in or that kind of really grabs you about a product and you're like yeah actually this is really interesting or this is terrible why did they do this or you know people are talking asking a lot of questions about this and so i think sometimes like a really focused kind of look at this feature or look at this or this has kind of stood out or this is not working as well as I thought it would or this is actually much better than I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, I think can kind of be, you know, so that, so that you have something when the embargo lifts. Yeah. But then at the same time, you then can kind of come back to it later on and be like, well, okay, now we've actually had a decent amount of time with this product. You know, we, we can tell you something more. Because there's only a, a certain amount of attention that, you know, your review will get if it's one of 30 that go live at 9 a.m. on embargo day. Very true. Very true. So has uh, next question, has there ever been a product that you received and tested that ultimately was so bad that you decided not to review it? And without naming names, if possible, what was it? Um, there have been a few things. I find a lot of smart home stuff often is um, promises a lot and then is just not very good and not the best sort of... It, not the best example of what a product in that category should be. Okay. And so, you know, I think there is a, you know, I try to always give feedback to manufacturers about, well, this is what I think. And, you know, this is why you wouldn't really want to review. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, most things that we cut, you know, that we get into review, you know, we write about because, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the deal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And again, you know, if there is a really bad product, which I feel like there isn't, there aren't that many really, really bad products oh, right. anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just like, well, you know, or 
usually it's this kind of isn't in no fit state at the moment to be reviewed. Are you going to update it somewhere down the line? Should we be looking out for a software update? And things kind of get put on pause while we wait for new features to come out or fixes to be introduced. Because if if you're if half of your review is this is supposed to do this, but that will be enabled in a firmware update, or this is supposed to do this, but it doesn't work at the moment, so I couldn't try it, then you're not really doing anyone any good there. Right, right. Okay. Totally get that. Totally get that. So um do you prefer producing written content, audio content, or video content? And I think you pretty much just do written content, so maybe that's a, I do. a question. Yeah. So like uh, is there a reason why you gravitated towards that particular type of content? I am, this will come as a surprise to you, Adam. I am a very wordy person. Um, really? So I do, I know, I love words. I really Tell do. I just, more. I love, I love <laughs> writing. I, and I love words and I love the way that words go together. I really do. It's, um, and even after all this time, I still, you know, I enjoy, I'm doing less writing than I used to because of, you know, that's how the, the job goes is you yeah. end up having more of a management role. And, uh, but I still have time to write and I love it. Um, and so, yeah, I like writing. I don't, the reason I don't do more audio and video so far really has been because we have always kind of been responsible for doing our own editing. Mm-hmm. But you will now, because we now have a full video team and audio teams and script writing teams and everything, you will oh, unfortunately probably see me more on video, mainly okay. because I get to just do the kind of bit where you stand in front of things and talk about them. And then someone else has the, the difficult the t- job of making me look like a slightly less of an idiot yeah and and the b-roll the you get to do the a-roll the easy part I, yeah and then exactly. the b-roll so all right yes well that's legit i'm gonna look forward to seeing that so well don't, don't you know temper your expectations please. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough fair enough okay well i will not look forward to seeing that but i guess i will grudgingly sit through it how about that thank you that's okay literally all i ask for absolutely next question influencers here to stay or a bubble waiting to burst I think both. Okay. I think that there are some people who are influencers because they are incredibly hot, knowledgeable, and capable. Oh, okay. And hot, you know, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Some of them. I, um, I would know nothing about that, just for the record. But um, yeah. Um, I think there are some people out there who, you know, are very personable people who are very easy to kind of consume their content um who know what they're talking about who are passionate about it enthusiastic very very knowledgeable and who i guess i think of influencers being not necessarily associated with one particular outlet but who are just associated maybe with the field that they are within independent creators yeah independent creators and so i think that they have influence because their knowledge and expertise is kind of recognized by people and then i think you have other people who maybe are social media personalities who have influence because they have the right advertising deals. And I think that that is something that we are moving away from because we are a little more suspect suspect about um, about that process. And we kind okay. of, you know, once the curtain kind of gets drawn back, I think that, that, but yeah, I think influences in terms of kind of people who are experts in their field, I think will stick around. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I should clarify when I say influencers, I'm talking about like not only people like the let's just say the unlocker, you know, he would be mm-hmm. probably be considered like an influencer, uh, Dave Kogan. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. also talking about the I will give you a good Yelp review if you uh, or I'll give you a good Instagram review if you give me a free meal type people. I'm talking about sure. like the the whole spectrum here. <laughs> So, yeah, and, I, and think, I think that there will yeah. always be a place for people like David Kogan, or I hope there will be, because yeah. David Kogan is very, very good, incredibly good, actually. You know, it's some of the videos that he does where he talks about, he goes in depth behind things like, you know, well, 5G or, mm-hmm. you know, what's Wi-Fi 6E, that kind of thing. And the, you know, what what is this stuff about base stations that we're hearing about C-band, you know? And he does yeah. these kind of in-depth things, and he's incredibly good at taking what are... A, complex, and B, pretty boring um, topics and kind of making them making interesting them and kind of showing you, okay, yeah. heck, this is this is really interesting. This is something that I want to know more about. And he's really, really good at doing that and clearly very clever. And then, yeah, like you say, the one the people who are just like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I went and I got six, these six free cupcakes and they all look like my mother-in-law. You know, that <laughs> less interesting. <laughs> Though actually, maybe that is a business idea. You know, mother-in-law That's... cupcakes with exactly. her face and she's made of frosting and you can... Eat it or hit it with a hammer or give it as a gift. Whatever you want do, to do. Do whatever you want to do with your mother-in-law's do face. Do what so. you will. Can, yes. can I just say that, like, I am... Uh, 
blindly jealous of um of David Kogan's real real world reviews of, of that he does of his films because those are just so amazingly well produced and it's just like such a yeah. it was such a it, it's such it's it's one of those ideas where you're like why didn't why hasn't everybody been doing this for the past 10 years like mm-hmm. i mean kudos for you to like just grab uh, to grab that and say i'm gonna make this mine and i just i love those i like those are of of the videos that he does those are those are always my insta watches like if i Mm -hmm. see another real world review i'm bam that's that's a click right there so yes um all right uh two more questions um who is the first reviewer that you read slash listen to slash watch slash go to when reviews start to drop for a device? I mean, it will depend often on the device. Um, You're allowed to say yourself, by the way. I'd, I Well, I mean, hopefully I would have read my own review as I was writing it rather than just kind of blindfolded and just typing right. away. Um, I've, I've tried that knows? before. It usually doesn't go well. But it depends if you're one key offset on the keyboard that it mm-hmm. yeah, comes yeah. out as Latin. Um, I I love Joanna Stern at the Wall Street Journal. Um, okay, I think she is. I think she does an incredible job. Of, oh, speaking of speaking of videos, who I absolutely love. Yes, Joanna Stern oh, is one one hundred. Just I, incredible, man. incredible. Yes, um, I love Lauren Good at um, Wired. I think yeah. again, she does an incredible job of. Giving you know the, both the technical detail, but also putting it kind of into a context of why more broadly we should care about things. Um, and I think that that is something that traditionally the tech industry and the tech writing industry hasn't done so well at. You know, we're, we're very good at talking about well, this is the fastest, the highest resolution, the most pixels, the, the most megapixels. But you know, we don't so much talk about why that's important. Right. And I think yeah. that you know she is one of a kind of a small number of people who is exceptionally good at doing that. Um, I'll read anything that Dieter writes at The Verge. Okay. Um, I, um, he is a, a tetchy, grumpy old man, and I love him. Um, <laughs> well, um, I mean, he's a throwback for to pre-Central for me, so like that's near and right. dear to my heart. So, yes. um, yeah, I, I could... Uh, I could it doesn't really work, but I was going to say I could I could read him writing a phone book. <laughs> I don't think that that necessarily <laughs> um, translates, but I, think that's, um, I yeah. think that's just a lot of numbers, isn't it? Yeah, it, it yeah, is. It really just, is. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, and then there are kind of different. I suppose different people who I read um, for their kind of quite specific beats. You know, um, sure. I I miss David Ruddock not writing reviews anymore. I think mm. you know, he was always um, very adept. Uh, Chris Velasco, when he was at um, Engadget, I mm-hmm. thought, you know, his reviews were always um, wonderful. The, I mean, I, we have the benefit, I think, of, of knowing a lot of these people and being able to kind of put um, personality and background and kind of personal knowledge to them and their voices. And I think yeah. that always kind of adds a lot when you read what they write, because you can kind of connect it and sort of get this impression of, well, how did this device or whatever or service kind of fit into their actual lives, which... yeah. Um, adds kind of an extra depth to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, then final question. Then I'm going to let you go because we're actually over an hour now. But uh, And I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to chat, especially on Samsung Day, which is like just... It's a Samsung. It's a whole different level of crazy. But if you weren't working in this field, what would you be doing for a living? Oh, this is a really tricky one. Um... I would possibly be a therapist. Okay. Um, which kind of going back to kind of what my original training was in. And that's kind of an area that I've always kind of been fascinated by. Um, or, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, bro, that would be that would be it. I would be a therapist, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah we did. I also we did. kind of... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I, was gonna say, I also kind of regret not learning a trade. Like I did, you know, I'd like to also be, I think if I was an electrician, that would be really useful, mainly because it's really hard to find good electricians at the moment or any electricians. So um, kind of regretting not doing that as well. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And actually, when I used to work for my father, who was a contractor, electrical work was always my favorite. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Yeah, we did. We actually did kind of yada yada past the uh, the therapy part of your early years. So <laughs> I apologize about that. But uh, that's okay. But it's good. You know, that's what we call in the industry a callback. So uh, now that we've done the callback, we can go ahead and bring things full circle. All right. Call forward. So, oh yes, we now we can call forward. 
And so, yeah. all right, well, so this is the part of the show where I go ahead and roll out the red carpet for you, and you can uh, tell us all about the things that you have going on, you know, where can we find you on the internet, and basically just uh, pimp your stuff there, big guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> creepy, but fine. Um, <laughs> you can find me on the good pages of SlashGear.com, um, or you can find me on Twitter where I tweet ill-advised things at C underscore Davies. Um, uh, it's... I don't know why they let me do it, but they do. And I will continue until they can find me in my underground bunker and shut me down. Until the lawyers find out what you've actually been <laughs> tweeting. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You're yeah. like, you're until like HR a, remembers my phone number. Yeah, yeah. You're like a poor man's Elon Musk. I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> Emphasis on poor. Right. Well, that's, that's fair. You do. And Musk, the, obviously. You, yes. you do work in the news industry. So that's, uh, that's, that's fair. So, all right, uh, Chris, thank you again so much for coming on and for being so awesome and being so funny and being just, just, just the, the best Chris Davies that you could possibly be. It's been, it has been a delight. And I want to thank you. <laughs> thank you for, for having me. Yes. Uh, 